Welcome to The World We Deserve, the officially unofficial podcast for True Detective on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we are here to do a season three preview. It's been approximately 13 <laughs> There's years. There's so much, so much dust in the True Detective studio. Yeah, like, I forgot about this show. <laughs> blow, blow it off. It has. I, I, When I opened up my notes to start doing my research... Uh, it said it was last updated like August 19th, 2015. And my first was like, no, it cannot have been three plus three and a half years. Yeah, three and a half years. But but I, I looked it up and, and it has. My Were God. we still covering Breaking Bad when this thing was on the air? My, no, surely not. Surely no, not. I think it went off the air a couple of years before this. But, but uh, yeah, there was a there's a lot of that. There's a lot of lot a lot of crazy things that happened since then. Um, and we're going to be talking about the advanced kind of buzz that uh, True Detective season three is getting. We're going to talk about the the premise, the cast, the reasons we might be excited, maybe some reasons for some some trepidation. Is that fair to say? Sure. Uh, it's the standard, you know, preview podcast that, that we do I mean, here at Bald Season Move. two alone is a reason for trepidation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. season one was great. Season two was a real stinker. I got to say that since this is our first podcast of 2019, that maybe we should like uh, pitch a true detective because I feel like there might be some looky loos that are like, oh, my God, they finally got some content out. All right. Uh, I noticed that this year everyone else is kind of slow to start up, at least in my podcast feeds. Here, here are the things that I love. Okay. Uh, I love existential angst. All right. I love bird masks. Yeah. I love Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> Sell me on this show. Oh, okay. I thought you were making declarative <laughs> statements. Oh, um, yeah. Those are things about me. Please sell me on this show. So, so the nice thing about True Detective is it's an anthology. So if you've missed the other two seasons, you do not have to catch up on anything. You can just plug right in. Uh, True Detective is designed to kind of be like a single case, cold case uh, with usually layers of government conspiracy, kind of like you know, cops doing some shady shit and looking the other way, and there might be some cults involved. There might be some high mucky muck political stuff going on. Um, and it's it's usually known for a kind of like it's it's mystery and it's like it kind of fringes on the paranormal without actually being paranormal. Mm-hmm. And um the first season was was really great. And the second season, in retrospect, I think is still like pretty good above average television. It just hmm. True Detective season one is one of the best things on TV that year. Period. Stop. And True Detective season two wasn't. Uh so now why so now people are like, oh God, what would so are you recommending this or not? Season three pre- sounds pretty amazing because of a couple of reasons. Uh, Maharshala Ali, mm-hmm. who has exploded culturally in the last you know three, four, five years, going from hey, it's, he's that that guy uh, that's pretty good in uh, in in the, uh, the West Wing, the Dark West Wing, uh, House <laughs> of Cards. Forty four hundred. I mean, I that's where I saw him first. Right, right. And then you know he blew up in Moonlight. Uh, he mm-hmm. had a very good turn as a as a villain, like a mini boss in uh, Luke Cage. And uh, he's just been just been everywhere. He's got he's doing something with uh, Aragorn uh, from Lord of the Rings now. Oh, now green, the, green the Green Book. Yeah, uh, that won a Golden no Golden Globe no Emmy. They it, won an Emmy. Okay. Um, because the Golden Globes were just last week. You sure it wasn't a Golden Globe? It was Globes? a Golden Globe. All right, all right. It was definitely a Golden Globe. <laughs> who, who can tell? And so he's just, I think he's pretty magnetic and fascinating guy to watch. Uh, it also, that, that um, you know, Nick Pizzolatto, the guy who created the show and has been the writer for all the episodes for all time, uh, 
brought in some help in the form of David Milch uh, to do, especially to help him out with some dialogue. And he's created as a co-writer in, in episode four. Uh, now, if you don't know David Milch, he was a staff writer on Hill Street Blues. He then created NYPD Blue, uh, Deadwood, um, along with others like John from Cincinnati and and uh, Luck, which are not as quite as well known. I've never seen any of his shows, um, but he's really well known for like you know hard boiled, tough tuck, uh, tough tucking, uh, tough talking. You know, rough around the edges dial, but but very quotable and listening to dialogue, uh, mm-hmm. particularly with with Deadwood. And uh, I heard, I think, as Alan Seppenwall said, that that episode in particular features some swear engine esque, uh, who's kind of like one of the more the more quotable characters from Deadwood. I've seen the first two seasons, never got around to seeing the third. Uh, that is kind of swear engine esque. Some of the dialogue, which is pretty high praise. Uh, David Milch especially is, you know, he got his teeth cut on these like hard boiled detective shows. And now, you know, True Detective might be the most hard boiled detective show of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also noticed that there's an interview with Maher, Mahershala Ali where he said that the finale script in particular was the best television script he'd ever read. Yeah, I saw that. That is so those are some reasons that you can get excited just if you haven't watched anything. What did you think of the trailers that they've released some of the promotional material so far? So good. I mean, I I looked I looked at that and I very much got a season one vibe from it. Yeah. Um, You know, right down to like the buddy cop kind of angle of it, you know, and it's much more tortured. It's much more, uh, I don't know, languid than Mm -hmm. than like a typical buddy cop drama. But right. Uh, yeah, I, I got a season one vibe from that and also the multiple timelines that we're going to be doing, uh, in this season and the interviews and trying to get to the bottom of this case. Yeah. I think the most interesting wrinkle is probably the memory problems that he's suffering from. Yeah. So what the premise of this season is that you have the, the, um, Maharshala Ali, uh, he plays this cop named Hayes in Arkansas, I think in Ozark region, which is kind of hot right now mm-hmm. with Ozark on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, what, um, and, and he is investigating as a kind of a young hotshot detective in the 1980s, this disappearance of these two women, these two girls. I, th- I thought, well, I thought it was a boy and a girl, a boy and a girl. Okay. I, I don't thought- know. Scoot, Scoot McNary's in there. Yeah. Uh, so I was blinded by the scoot. I couldn't tell blinded you what the kids look like. The scoot and yeah. then, then ambushed by the McNary. That's how he gets you. Best name in Hollywood. Um, so, and then for, I don't, and I'm not sure why, but like the, this, the case is picked back up in the nineties and I, I'm not sure why. And then in the two, in like 2015, it's in the modern and, and, uh, uh, Hayes is much older and he's wearing a lot of age makeup and he's being interviewed by essentially like a true crime documentary. Mm-hmm. And he has got this memory problems, um, and he's kind of like gets kind of bounces back and forth. The, the the narrative sounds like it's very fractured, yeah. which is, you know, kind of like a hot thing to do right now, too. Yeah, I saw an interview with Pizzolatto talking about that structure um, with the three right. timelines. And he was saying that he he's using the timelines and the jumping around both to uh, both as revelation and also foreshadowing. So that sounds a lot like season one, too, uh, which was one of the coolest things about season one. In my opinion, you yeah, know, yeah. aside from like the the borderline supernatural element, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was the coolest thing. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, and and, and also because you know one of the things we talked about is that the season one had this reputation of being kind of you know like oh, like just on the edge of paranormal, and a lot of that is because there is intense 
like hallucinations that this Russ Cole character is going through because he his his robo trip and half the time he was he was his his uh, backstory was that it's tragic and it's dark but also he had to do a lot of drugs as an undercover police officer had to had to right? he had to do a lot right? of drugs Look, it. boss he was forcing all this. So he was going through a lot of like, you know, uh, drug induced hallucinations and whatnot. And it was always kind of like, but there was also a lot of creepy atmospheric dread because this is set in like a lot of swamplands, Louisiana and along the coast. And uh, that that's one of the things that I thought another part of the, th- the reason the season two had a little less charm is L.A. is just not as scary. Yeah as backwoods louisiana and i feel like setting this back in arkansas is is going to be interesting and i also read a lot of the press that there's going to be exploration of like you know this guy's obviously a black cop in the 80s in a primarily kind of like you know uh white enclave of arkansas i'm not even sure how i don't i, don't, I can't even i couldn't tell you off the top of my head what arkansas's demographics are today let alone 30 years ago, but the, the interviews seem that like they're exploring some of those tensions uh, there, too, and like may, probably how that stuff changes over, over 30 years. Which that's kind of interesting, because I know that Marshala had to basically tell Pizzolatto, hey, a black cop existed because right. that black cop was my dad. Right. Uh, I saw- to, to get this role, and he, because he, it was originally written for a white person. Yeah. So... Like, it makes me wonder how much they went back and retooled, he went back and retooled the scripts to to make this work and how seamlessly that'll fit in. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious. And there's also like, yeah, cause I, I saw like in a trailer, there's like this elderly black man that he's uh, pressing and it looks like the guys might be blind. And the guy's like, how can you wear that badge? And Ali's mm-hmm. like, well, there's this little clip thing here on it. And, it's it's kind of got you know it's like it's not just um the tension he's feeling from the white folk but also like you know why you know why why are you working with these guys kind of thing yeah um which was i do you know that was one of the more fascinating films last year i thought black klansman that that that, that went into that too so uh again i i think returning this thing back to arkansas sounds pretty cool um mm-hmm. i, I want to talk about another potential con you know a lot of people have said and this when it, this was mentioned in a lot of the reviews i read that like it's hard to separate the writing and the characters and the visuals of season one because it was such a singular thing. It was this guy, Pizzolatto, and uh, Carrie Fukunaga coming together to kind of like work work together. And Fukunaga brought these just incredible visuals uh, and and very evocative landscapes and made very good use of very creepy sets like burnt out churches and abandoned schools and and uh you know uh, underground tunnel systems to to really put you in at 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 a time or place and the way he just shot things were so kind of like next level and it wasn't a fluke because he went on to like get acclaim uh in beast of no nation uh he directed it which is incredibly evocative and spooky and horrific visually a maniac on on netflix and he's also did you know he's tapped to do the next bond film no, that's kind of cool. Huh? Well, I would like to see a Fukunaga take on Bond. Which is it going to be Daniel Craig still? Is that I his last so. one? I think okay. Daniel Craig has patched up with the broccoli family or whatever. And I, and Sony, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. But uh, and 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 season two reminds me a lot of like season four of Community. Where like you know, the season where Dan Harmon got fired. It's still Community and they're still doing paintball bits and you know pop culture references but there's something missing so there was a gas leak in la 
that caused everyone to misremember season two. <laughs> right. Is that what's happening here? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, no, I, I was getting to like, um, I, I was just wondering if there's, I think that that's, that's part of the, the season two being less successful is just it, it was aping the style of season one, but it wasn't, it wasn't doing it as good. And also certainly wasn't doing something mind blowing or inventive. Yeah. It was just trying to, you know, take and, and you know, that, that that can work when you get a visionary director to come in there and like direct the first episode and and, and there you go. But it also can cannot work. So this has got like a rotating list of directors. I think this is also Pizzolatto's maybe directorial debut debut. Or hmm. okay, it's 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 he's definitely directing the episode. I'm I'm wondering if they'll be more successful this season. If they'll have to. I mean, it sounds like they're really aping the narrative style. Mm-hmm. Uh, of season one i wonder if they're going to just go after season one's visuals even harder or i don't know because so much of that was groundbreaking stuff like you look at that episode four right um where there's this big oneer where they're going through this uh like track housing yeah 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 yeah, it's basically a whole town that's overrun by drug dealers house house fighting between white supremacist renegade bikers and a swat team it would be like a flavella if we had those here in america (laughs) uh and it's just what a the hell one is a favela? Shot. I'll ask. I don't. It's it's a word for like poor crime riddled areas okay. in other countries. Okay. That, okay. That we don't use that word here, but whatever. Uh, so it's this big wonder where it goes like through houses yeah, and yeah. over fences, and it sticks with with Matthew McConaughey for like fifteen minutes, twenty yeah. minutes yeah. at the the finale of this episode, and nothing like that had been done, uh-huh. especially on television. Now. Yeah. I feel it's like starting... they're doing that every other week. Every other movie that comes out has one of those. Yeah, yeah, like how uh, ha- the haunting of House Hill or the healing of House Haunt. I, I right. Th- so how like... do you replicate that that groundbreaking feel? I did see some things in the trailer. Like there's a really sweet shot of like Mahar uh, God, this is so hard for me to say. Mahar Hala, Marshala, marbles in my mouth. Ali, because I'm such a fucking mush mouth. Um, I, I there's a scene of like him like investigating a crime scene late at night and it's the sky's dark and he looks up and it's the moon and then you suddenly realize it's actually the lighting of the documentary system and he's flashed and mm. he's gotten his reverie and I thought that was like wow that that really did evoke kind of like a, 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 some season one imagery like that yeah. like you know not sure what's kind of real and they're they're pushing the boundaries of like consciousness and and where are you at in any particular time and I don't know because I. The reviews are kind of mixed. There is a couple. Uh, it seems like everyone agrees it's better in season two, but there was the that there's a difference between like someone saying this is a an uninteresting script that's punched up by the fun the timey wimey stuff they're doing. Hmm. Uh, to this is like better in season two, not as good as season one because it's not as groundbreaking as season one. To I saw two or three reviews saying that this is like a, like a return to form. Yeah, but maybe not always in a positive context like i saw esquire saying this is a return to form i saw rolling stone say this is a return to form for good and bad right that uh, was the second wall one yeah yeah so i i don't know like, see, I'm, I'm expecting it to be good i'm not expecting it to blow me away the way that season one did yeah and you know so, and it, uh, like second wall was not as hot on season one i think as most mm. were i remember yeah. him because like at this like i and i think that critics get tired of a certain type of thing and like complicated dangerous men was like there was a bevy of them still are it's it's a classic thing to do but like 
I didn't watch Hill Street Blues. I missed NYPD. Like I like I'm kind of new to the hard boiled cop genre, so it might be that the difference between me and like an Alan Seppenwall is he's got like 15 more years of watching stuff like this, and maybe this is the X-rated HBO-ish version of that you can get, but it's still like you know it'd have to be a lot more fresher and and groundbreaking to impress him in a way whereas me it's like if it's well told and it's got interesting visuals and arresting performances and and an interest and an interesting central mystery i mm-hmm. think that was one of the the real pleasures of season 1 is figuring out what the hell was going on yeah the yellow king stuff was really good and really intriguing yeah. i hope they have something yeah. kind of like that but yeah. this is a disappearance of two kids it might have something like that or it might not. Right. It might just be a straightforward story that's told in a an interesting, intricate right. way. And I got to say, like, I could tell you beat by beat, point for point, season one of True Detective right now. Oh, yeah. Season season two? No. I don't know. It was something about a real estate deal. Then there was the Russian mob. Vince Vaughn was, thought he was in on it, but then the Russian mobs fucked him over. And then there was a... There, there was a Rachel McAdams got drugged in a sex lodge, uh, and then there was a fight in a train tunnel. There was, there's, but and Vince Vaughn died in the desert, hallucinating his ex. I, the, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of shit that like I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't really connect with and didn't stick with me. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that like season three is a return to form. That like, okay, this is a coherent narrative that I'm interested in. There's, there's dead bodies that I kind of give a shit about. Uh, they're not, they don't, they don't need to have a bird head on them. Because, like, honestly, if those do, if those bodies didn't have, like, freaky bird heads on them, this, that wouldn't have been, there. they wouldn't have felt like True Detective at all. It'd just been. <laughs> yeah. That, that occult. You need the, the feeling yeah. of the occult, right? Yeah. But it felt, so how are they going to bring that into this? It felt very kind of, you know, beside the point and tacked on. Anyway, mm. um, I do think that this trailer also looked a little bit more action packed. Now, as you mentioned, huh. each season has kind of had its like you know signature action scene. Like I can think in first in season one, there was like the salt on the meth compound. There was the wonder through the uh, the the drug neighborhood, as you said. Um, there's the final kind of like confrontation in like the tunnels, and then we just kind of ticked off the ones in season two. But for whatever reason, the I felt like the season trailers didn't really play that up. Whereas like there's a lot of people getting pistol whipped and shot and landmines looking like going off, and the fact that like they're close enough to Vietnam that like there, I'm wondering if we flash back actually all the way back there. Um, because I felt I felt like I saw maybe a flash or two of actual war footage. Hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. As like I said, I, I don't associate True Detective being action packed, but I felt like they they cut these trailers to kind of to kind of play that up at least if if it's not going to be uh, action packed. Hmm. Um, so we want to talk about some potential changes we're making to our coverage. Uh, we did the first two seasons kind of like an unlike bald move thing where we took a lot of time and effort to um like enhance the production, like to do like different segments and whatnot. And I, th- I think that we're going to do less of that this year. There's going to be more of a straightforward, um, uh, re- re- uh, this straightforward ball move podcast. Uh, the one change we're thinking about making is splitting the feedback and like, uh, theorizing section. So we have, uh, to later in the week, like a Thursday, Friday. So Tuesday, we'll have the full coverage podcast, essentially our in-depth coverage minus the feedback and like speculation. But, but I will say that a lot of these interviews made it seem like maybe that psychosphere stuff won't be as big a deal. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it, there won't be as much kind of like teasing, supernatural, spooky mystery. Um, I do think with the multiple timelines and all the different hints we're probably going to get that there's still going to be a lot of people trying to figure out the mystery. And so that might be worth the coverage and it might be worth it just splitting off feedback anyway. But uh, I guess that's that's going to be an as like we're going to take that under advisement as 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 the the season unfolds. So I already figured it out. You do? Yeah. yeah. I know who who kidnapped and killed the kids is Marshall Ali. I was going to say that I yeah. know he's certainly guilty of twisting my tongue, <laughs> which is a misdemeanor. It's just tantamount to Which is a misdemeanor at least. It's a yeah. misdemeanor assault at least. So uh, shame on you, Mr. Ali. I think it's him. I think it's him based on the previous. That's my, that's my, I'm calling my shot right now. Right. Uh, he did it and he can't remember that he did it. And eventually he'll <laughs> remember that he did it. So if in uh, feedback's a big part of our podcast, uh, if you'd like to send us feedback on it, you can do so at true detective at baldmove.com. Again, we'll be back with our full coverage on Tuesday. The premieres is going to be a supersized, super probably podcast. Uh, both, uh, there's two hours of premiere episodes are doing both episodes in this, in the, in this Sunday. So we'll have a supersized uh, c- uh, coverage of True Detective Season 3's opener on Tuesday. Then we'll be, uh, we might have feedback then. We might have feedback a little bit later, but we'll definitely be back on Tuesday. Uh, and that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. Later.